Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Right there, right there. Up. This is the game. Yeah. It's a uh, cat and mouse. Smoked a turkey. <laughs> yes. He is down. He is freaking down. Said he shot an absolute giant. Fall obsession, baby. Welcome back, everybody, to another Fall Obsession podcast episode. I am your guide for this week's podcast, Sam Thrash. And joining me today, uh, we have a guest with us, one of our own field staff guys, uh, field staffer Waylon Langford. Waylon, thanks for being on the podcast with us today. No, thank you, Sam. I appreciate it. Man, I'm really excited about being here to talk to you today. Yeah, we're, we're happy to have you on board. Um, so I know that there, we, we talked about this before, there's a specific story that I really want to get into um, regarding you and a specific buck during this podcast. But before we start diving into that, um, why don't you give our listeners a little bit of an idea on kind of where you came from as a hunter, where you typically hunt, and just the environment and stuff like that that you typically find yourself in, and kind of give us a little backstory leading up to where this, where your encounter with this particular buck began. Yeah, sure. Uh, I can say I've been hunting my whole life. Uh, I actually started out with a deer rifle when I was 12 years old. Uh, my dad was a big hunter, and so that's how I got into hunting. Uh, it's just been part of my whole life. That's all I can remember is hunting. And when I was 12, uh, I was given a 300 Savage. Well, I wasn't given a 300 Savage. He made me buy it from him for $50. <laughs> <laughs> so at 12 years old, saving $50... It, you know, I sold a lot of Coke bottles to save that. <laughs> but uh, I bought his his old deer rifle from him, uh, which I still have today. And uh, I, I, I just cannot remember not hunting yeah. after that, you know. That's awesome. Uh, so, and luckily, I've been very fortunate to hunt with my dad. Uh, when I graduated high school... 
there were there was five years there that I did not hunt. You know, I turned 20 years old and all that and went off on my fun days, I guess you could say. Yeah. Got away from hunting. Uh, but then uh, we got back into it. Uh, we actually hunted in a... I got a place in Oklahoma. One of my best friends has... They're cattle ranchers, and they had a big place in Oklahoma. And so we got back into it then. I uh, hadn't hunted with my dad in, I think it was eight years. And I decided, okay... I wanted him to come film me, and so I invited him up there. He wasn't allowed to shoot anything, but he come up there to film, just film me. Well, that got him back into it. He started getting excited. Gotcha. So the next year, okay, we needed to find us our own place, and so we did, and we've been hunting together ever since. where we hunt now, uh, we hunt in basically northwest Texas. Uh, we've been very fortunate. The same cattle ranchers, uh, I, I, I lease from them up there. And to give a kind of what that country looks like, when I first was asked to go up there and look at it, I, the first year I went up there and I said, there's no deer here. I'm looking at thousands of acres of just flat wheat fields huh and it had a little creek that went through it and this creek was probably about a hundred yards wide uh what i was looking at was around 380 acres and there was just when i first saw it i was like there's no deer here i'm used to hardwoods big rolling woods and so then they show me this just flat flat out thousand acres with a little <laughs> creek going through it so i didn't get on it and other guys did and that first year they actually had a hundred year flood and oh, wow. so all of their feeders all of their stands got flooded out that year from that creek and so i was like kind of happy yeah see i made the right decision <laughs> so the next year some of the same guys got back on and I started seeing some of the deer that they were killing and so I was like well maybe I made a mistake (laughs) and so I wanted to get on well it's too late then so I said okay well I'll just lease close to them so I did we found a little lease really close uh, for a few years these guys I started seeing the deer that they were killing wow man I really went on that I really went on that and finally, a spot came open to the lease next door to them. Gotcha. And so uh, my dad and I jumped on that. What kind of deer? <clears throat> were, what kind of deer were they killing? Give us an idea on the the scale of bucks that they were. They were in the one fifties, one sixty ranges. Gotcha. Good deer. Uh, oh, oh, very good deer, good deer compared to what I've been used oh, yeah. to hunting my whole life. And not only were were they the antler scoring high. They were killing 260-pound bucks. Wow. Yeah. The, the, the deer out there are huge. Uh, I've never hunted where the deer that were that big. I've always hunted in South Texas, mainly in Llano, where, you know, you get a 120-pound buck, and that's considered big. Yeah. You know? So for me to see a 200-pound deer, I was really excited. Yeah, I, for sure. Really excited. That's some good eating right there. It was. <laughs> it was a lot of meat. I, I mean, I'm getting double the meat that I'm used to. Yeah, you know? absolutely. 
So we we ended up getting this place next door to where we wanted to hunt, and it turned out to be uh, an okay place. Uh, my dad's still on that today. Uh, it ended up I was able to get on the the lease that I wanted, but my dad wanted to set, stay next door. And how the kind of get a picture of the layout, you've got. Like I said, thousand acres wheat field with a hundred yard creek running through both places with a dirt road separating them. Okay. So the year that I got this buck, I was next door, but my I had put my stand and I could look across the road, across the field, and about 800 yards was the tree line. Gotcha. And so that's how my whole buck started was being able to he come from the place next door uh-huh uh it was a friday morning but a, a little backstory to that thursday night my dad not, uh, got off work uh and we drove out we left our house about it's about a four hour drive from where i lived uh so on our way out there we got about halfway there and I remembered that I left our camper key at home. Oh, man. <laughs> yes. And so my dad and I are thinking, okay, how are we going to break in? Yeah. And so that was on our mind. We kept discussing that the rest of the way. And as we get to uh, closer to camp, which we have to pass the land to get to camp. And I asked my dad, I asked him, do you want to go and grab some cameras? You know, it was like 11 o'clock at night. I said, you just want to swing by, grab the cameras so we can look at the pictures. No, son, it's too late. I'm ready to get it there. We don't know what kind of trouble we're going to have to get in. So we didn't stop and get the cameras. Come to find out, I had a picture of this deer that evening at my dad's stand. Oh, wow. Yeah, and if we would have looked at that picture that night, I, there's no way I could have slept that night. Uh-uh. No, no way. No was, way. And that was the first that was the first picture, first time you ever saw that saw that dude. That is correct. Wow. I had my target bucks uh-huh. that I was hunting. This buck was we didn't have one single picture of him wow. at all. And so I get up the next morning, it's crisp morning. Uh it was November 16th. Uh the temperature was around 42 degrees. But we knew that it was going to get warmer that day, uh, which it did. Sunrise comes up. I see a few deers. None of the my target bucks. Didn't see any of them. So I was sitting there, and I look over to the left. And like I said, on the other property, 800 yards away, I could see a doe come out. And not only did this doe come out of the woods, she was on a flat run. Oh, wow. She ran from that 800 yards away. Excuse me. And this is what's important. She was on a beeline straight to my stand. She jumped the fence. Two hops. She was across the road. She jumped onto my property. And she ran 20 yards in front of my stand. Wow. Never stopped. Just kept on going. So, of course, I'm getting excited. I know what's happening. I grab the binoculars, I put them up, and I don't take my eyes off that tree line. 
and I sat there for about five minutes just scanning and scanning and scanning. Well, of course, I put my binoculars down, and as sure as I do, <clears throat> I see the buck pop up. He come out of the tree line right where she was. I throw the binoculars up. Couldn't believe what I was seeing. <laughs> <laughs> and it was one of those, you just, you know that you're going to take a shot. Oh, yeah. So the, the binoculars went down. I grabbed the rifle. I throw it up. And I never looked at the antlers again. That's a good thing. <laughs> yes. I knew, I, I just knew not to. Yeah. So I've got this buck, and he is on a beeline straight to me. He's dogging, the, he's got his nose to the ground, he's just zigzagging back and forth, back and forth. He's not running, he's just got that buck, I've got a scent, I've yeah. got my nose to the got ground. determination. And he was determined. What time of year was this? This, this was November, November 16th. Okay, so prime rut time. Oh yeah, oh definitely. Yes. Awesome, okay. Yep. And I kept telling myself, okay, he's coming straight to me. He is. He's going to come within 20 yards of this stand. And I just had to keep telling myself. And he covered that 800 yards pretty fast. So it gave me time enough to gather my nerves. I knew, okay, okay, just calm down, just calm down. He's coming right here. Let him come right here. I don't know why I did it or how I did it but I kept telling myself let him jump onto my property let him because my property line was 250 yards away gotcha and so I you know that's an easy shot but I said hey he's coming right in front of me uh -huh. I'll let him get close well I, I don't know what happened to my trigger finger <laughs> but as soon as he jumped that fence and hit my property I fired didn't want to let him get away. <laughs> you know, the whole time I was watching him, I was saying, he's coming right in front of me. I can make an easy shot. But as soon as he hit, I fired. And what happened next is part of the story that it's hard to tell sometimes because it's hard for me to believe it, much less somebody else to believe it. I fired. He doesn't move. He, he doesn't get hit. He doesn't act like he's hit. He's just got his nose to the ground, and he keeps coming. Really? I rack another shell. I fire again. Well, he doesn't act like he's hit. He's got his nose to the ground. Except it did push him to make a big circle in front of me. He didn't come. He didn't keep coming. He just went around a circle about a hundred yards out, and of course now I, I'm thinking, okay, something's wrong. I consider myself a good shot. I've missed twice. <laughs> I, I throw another shell in. He is it directly in front of my stand now. I shoot for the third time. This time he does take off running, but he's not acting hit. He doesn't stumble. I'm thinking I've missed again. Just barreling out of there. He is on a flat run to the tree line. Huh. I racked my last and final shell. <laughs> and he, as he's running, and I get him back in the scope, out loud, I tell myself, no, 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 <laughs> because 
I'm thinking I'm fixing to lose him because 10 more yards and he would have went down into the creek. So I fire that third time, uh, fourth time, and sure enough, he flips. I see white belly up. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> and, and the relief of that final shot. Oh, yeah. You know, I still really don't know what caliber of a buck he is. I just knew he was probably the biggest deer I've ever seen. And so here is another thing that I'm kind of embarrassed about. <laughs> You know, I've always been taught from my dad, You all, he always waits an hour mm-hmm. before he gets out of a stand. And I know better. I know I should do that. But I was so excited. I practically busted the door down getting out of my stand <laughs> and was running over there. I mean, I could see him. I knew he was down. I was running over there. Got about halfway there and realized I had no rifle. I had nothing. I just took (laughs) off running. Just took off. (laughs) Just took off running. (laughs) I get to the buck and and I'm in amazement. I I can't believe number one, how many times it took to shoot. Right. But number two, what I'm looking at. And I immediately pick the phone out of my pocket and text my dad. And here's a, another cool thing to the story is all I said was, I need help. Get over here now. <laughs> and where I'm standing now, my dad is on the other side of this creek across the other field, but I can see his stand. Okay. He, he's probably another 800 yards away from me. Well, my dad, who was 70 years old at the time, I see him get out of his stand, and he takes off running across the field to get to his four-wheeler. Oh, man. And and I'm thinking, well, why is he... Okay, I said get over here fast, but I didn't mean have a heart attack trying to do it. And I realized I didn't tell him what happened. (laughs) You didn't tell him he shot a deer. (laughs) No. And talking to him later, he thought I was hurt. Yeah. And, And so he was on a beeline to get to me and I can't tell you the last time I saw my dad run (laughs) but he was running across that field and so of course I text him and I say hey I'm okay calm down well he doesn't he's he's running yeah yeah, he don't get the text so he gets in I see him get on the four-wheeler and then I lose him as he's on his way back around here uh he pulls up and of course, are you okay? Are you okay? What's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? And I just kind of point down to the buck sitting there. And, and his eyes just, of course, got the big eyed. <laughs> and this is the best thing about the story. When he walked up to me and he looked down at the buck, I'll never forget it. He said, oh my gosh, son, what have you done? <laughs> I, I will never forget that and the look on his face till the day that I pass away. It We sat there in awe, I bet, for the next 45 minutes. Just, just staring at him. Just admiring this creature that we had just taken. He's a once-of-a-lifetime buck. I know that. I know that I was very blessed to take this buck. Uh, 
I didn't realize how big he was uh, until I actually texted a picture to one of my good friends who hunts right there with us. <clears throat> and he replied back, oh my gosh, that's a 200-inch deer. And I was like, no, no. <laughs> and so, sure enough, we get it back. Uh, I called, <clears throat> started calling everybody that I knew. Uh, I got a hold of Texas Big Game Awards. It just so happened that there was a score probably three miles from my house. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so I asked him, hey, can I bring him to you? And he says, no, I'll be at your house in five minutes. And so I actually had a score come to the house. We go out into the shop. I sit there and I sit there and he, it seems like it takes him forever to score this deer. <laughs> you know, and I'm, I'm just on pins and needles. How big is it going to be? How big is it going to be? And he uh, scored it and he officially scored at 204 and 5 eighths. Wow. 200 yeah. plus. Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah. So, I, I want to back up just a touch because you shot four times at this deer. I shot four times. Did you hit him any of the first three, or was it just the last shot that took him down? We found two shots where I hit. Two shots. And I am bound to determine it was the first shot and the last shot. Gotcha. Yep. Yeah, because and the first shot, the the first shot, it was a kill shot. I mean, it was perfect right behind the shoulder. It was just a perfect shot. And, of course, being the first shot, that was my best You're shot. Most steady, yeah. Yep. Uh, but he sure did not act like he was hit at all. No, I've never heard of a deer doing that before where they just keep going, keep going like they've been going. You he know? didn't even raise his head up. Huh. He, he just, his nose was to the ground, and he never even raised his head up after that first shot. Wow. Or during that first shot. Yeah. Wow. So so you got him back, got a score on the deer. What did you do after that? What, what, what were you thinking? You had this huge number all of a sudden for what this deer scored. Oh, Where, I thought I was fixing to be on TV shows. <laughs> I was going to be Milo Hansen, and I was fixing to make all kinds of money <laughs> off of this bug. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was the biggest buck I'd ever seen in my life, you know. Yeah. Uh and, and it what it was fun during that time because of course now I'm looking up what are record books. Right. Uh cuz I knew that I I did have something. And sure enough to this day he still stands as the number 1 district 2 in North Texas. Wow. Yeah. He's the he's the biggest buck that was killed uh, in the county that we hunt. Uh, but in Texas Big Game Awards, he's still the largest deer killed out of the District 2 district. Wow. That's awesome. Uh, and during the time, of course, what well, on November 16th, he was the biggest for that year killed in the state. So, of course... Every day I'm getting on Big Game Awards to see if anybody has shot a bigger deer. <laughs> anybody shot a bigger deer. And sure enough, I think it was around the end of November. 
a 15 year old girl shot a bigger one. Oh man. <laughs> yes. Her first buck. Wow. Ever. I think her scored 213, if I remember right. So, of course, I'm like, well, dad gum, you know. <laughs> and then my dad says, how can you be sad about a number two deer killed in the state? A big and, state, too. <laughs> yeah. And so he put that in perspective. And, and, but every day from then on, of course, I'm still looking, still, still looking, looking yeah. still looking. Uh, and for that year, he ended up being number three in the state. Wow. Yeah. Uh, low fence, rifle is the category that he's in. That's what I was going to ask you was just to confirm that this deer is a low fence, or excuse me, a low fence free range deer. Yes. Also, this, you're, you're right. not hunting a big ranch or anything. I know you explained your lease, but this is truly a low fence buck. That is correct. And uh, the day that we shot him, of course, immediately we called the game warden because uh, we knew we had something. Right. So we wanted to make sure that a game warden was there and witnessed everything. Uh, and the game warden says that he saw the buck 11 miles away. Wow. Yeah, there's a place, well, I can't name the place, but there's a place that's 11 miles away that everybody knows about. It, it's a historical place. And he said that he did see him at the beginning of the year, and that place is 11 miles away. Wow. Uh, getting back to the pictures we look at the pictures and that we did have a picture of him that night or the previous night uh like i said at my dad's feeder and we were the even the game warden was shocked that he was that far away from his home territory but it was the middle of the rut that that that, that is crazy far but i mean i i've i've seen crazy things in the rut too yep. and you know, bucks just disappear and completely clear out an area. So that, but that's a that's a long way to travel for sure. Right. That, that's awesome. So, so you were checking the big game awards. Right. See, seeing where you rank every hour. Every hour. <laughs> <laughs> so where what happened after that? Because I know I know that this buck, even even as of last year, had was still an award-winning whitetail yes where right. where did that that part of the story begin well uh immediately i think right yeah. I, I i started hey we've got something here i started trying to find big buck contests to enter i i looked everywhere to to enter this buck and i am a texas trophy hunter member uh-huh. you know and so i knew that we were going to enter him in that uh we went to the texas big game awards uh he won first place in that of course for district region two is what it's called which is basically all of north texas region uh-huh. uh he won first place there and we entered him into the texas trophy hunters association uh here in dallas and he ended up winning uh, first place there and best of show. Wow. And the best of show is what I considered the big dog of Texas Trophy Hunters, being able to win that. And he won that, which 
the the prizes, I guess you could say, that they give out from that. I ended up getting a uh, lifetime membership in the oh, Texas wow. Trophy Hunters. So that that was pretty cool. That is really cool. It was really neat. We ended up. Uh, let me back up there. Uh, I'm a taxidermist, and so of course I wanted to mount this deer special. Uh, so what I ended up doing was I pedestal put him on a pedestal mount. And it took me a few months to come up with what I wanted, but the mount that he's on, he's on a, it's probably a three-foot pedestal, but I have it rotate. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So he can spin, basically, because I wanted to show off this massive rack that he had. He Oh, he is a non-typical. Yeah, he, I, I remember the picture. He's got a lot of kickers and, yep. and stuff uh, like that. He's a, He's got 19 scorable points. Wow. Uh, but I wanted people to be able to see that. Right. And so the way I mounted him was he's on this pedestal, and he spins really slow. And, oh, my gosh, the trouble I had to come up with something to spin him. And what it, I'm going to give my secrets away. I ended up getting a grill rotisserie motor. Really? And mounted that. So he would, because I didn't want him to spin fast. Right. So a grill rotisserie motor is what I ended up after, I don't know, a dozen fails to get what I wanted. So it ended up being a, a grill rotisserie motor that makes him spin. Huh. That's awesome. And so I think that had a lot to do with also the, of the best of show. Yeah. Being able to display him like that. It, it's awesome, too, that you're able to that you're able to take pride not only in, in shooting and taking a deer like this, but also in the display of him afterward. Oh, you know, yeah. I mean, unless you are a taxidermist, you can't do that. And most right. guys shoot a deer like this, and they send it off and tell them what they want and get it back months later whereas you actually not only got to personalize it but you got to with your own hands make it happen and correct that, that, that is yeah, it that's makes awesome it that much more special absolutely right that's awesome yeah and he was this deer was i mean i, I remember you posted or sent something in for us last year um at texas trophy hunters where he even won he, he won an award last year even right uh, 2019 and, and i guess you could say that award was the first time that I was actually disappointed <laughs> in my deer because he did not win first place. I got beat out, number one, by my dad. Oh, wow. Yes. Your dad shot a bigger deer than that? No. My dad, it just so happens, uh, I entered mine... <clears throat> into the category it's called best in the last five years gotcha and this was my five-year mark and i was <clears throat> so we get up there and and of course i've got a big head by now i know <laughs> i'm winning everything you know so i get up there not expecting to lose well my dad fortunately that year uh shot a nice buck and he entered his deer for the first time into a uh, low fence rifle. And he ended up winning first place in that category. 
my deer was entered into the best of the last five years. Well, I did not realize that I was going to be going up against high fence deer. Oh. So when I end up rolling my deer in there, I look over and there's these 360 inch bucks sitting there with mine. You know, and, and it's hard to be disappointed at a 200 inch deer. Yeah. But I knew, oh, I'm not going to win this one. That And I, I'm surprised they don't have another category for low fence versus high fence. I wish they that, did. That was, that's surprising. Yeah, on, on that category, it's just everybody enters at once. And so, huh. you know, not, it just, to me, it wasn't fair for my deer uh, to be going up against high fence. Uh, not, I have nothing against high fence, but that oh. wasn't the category that this deer came a from. A low fence deer like that, that those are rare. Like you say, a once in a lifetime mm-hmm. buck for sure. So right. yeah, that, that's very understandable yeah. there. And he ended up getting sixth place. So yeah. when I yeah. when I when I say I'm disappointed, <laughs> you know, that's I got to take that with a grain of salt yeah. because oh my my gosh, you know sixth place going up 300 inch deer how can you be disappointed on yeah, that yeah absolutely last five years too yeah, yeah. but I, was, I to this day i still hear it from my dad my dear beachers i got <laughs> i got first place what'd you get oh you got sixth place <laughs> <laughs> how big was his deer his scored 154 i think that year it's a good deer yeah very good deer yeah so I want to I want to back up just a little bit. So you, you shot this deer on a lease, and you were on this lease with other friends, I, I believe, correct? Uh, this lease, it was just me and my dad. Now next door, next door was your friend. Was my friend. So, yeah. what what was their reaction when they found out you shot a deer like this? Man, they were happy for me. Yeah, they they were. Uh, a, a guy was hunting that morning on the other side, you know, and I called him up and said, hey. I got the biggest deer we've ever seen ever, 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 and I topped that. <laughs> <laughs> and he showed up, and, and man, he he was happy for, as, just as if he had shot it. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That yep. they weren't uh, weren't angry at you. <laughs> no, they weren't angry. But I mean, how how can you help? Golly, you know, if I'd have just been hunting on what the other side, what if it had been me? Uh, right, yeah, there's yeah. always that thought in everybody's right. mind for sure. Yeah. So to kind of wrap up, this like you've said multiple times now, this is a once in a lifetime hunt and or, or deer and experience for you. Right. For guys out there, and I know that you had a very from the time you first saw this deer exist to the time you killed him, I believe was a pretty short, very short time frame. It seemed like it lasted forever though. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. Yeah. So for guys out there that, that have a a big deer on camera whether whether it's a deer you're uh, the size of yours or one that's that's just for where they hunt it's it's a once in a lifetime buck what do you have any advice for those guys moving forward about um when they actually see that deer the, the biggest thing that they can think about or or to calm themselves to be able to put that deer on the ground well i tell you when i made the decision which it was a split decision. Okay, I'm taking this buck. Not looking at the antlers again, I think was a big deal for me. Uh-huh. 
because like I said he did have a, a, some ground to cover before he got to me and I know if I would have started looking at the antlers I probably would have well I did have the buck fever but it would probably would have been much worse right so if somebody's out there in their stand and they see their shooter buck and they know that this is their shooter buck my advice would be stay away from those antlers focus on that aim small miss small shot which is what I did and when I thought that I did miss oh my gosh you know nerves went out the window at that point oh yeah but uh i guess that if i look back on it that's still some advice i'd give myself which is what i did uh it was hard not to but i just kept telling myself don't look at the antlers don't look at the antlers because i know myself i know i would have got excited about that and who knows what could have happened yeah absolutely you know? and uh, some advice is, hey, I didn't expect this deer. It's a once-in-a-lifetime buck. It could happen to anybody. If it happened to me, that once-in-a-lifetime buck, it could happen to anybody. That's very true. Yep. You never know you what's going to walk out. You never know. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Waylon, I appreciate you coming on the podcast with us today. It was awesome to hear that story from you and, and to share that with our listeners. Man, I appreciate this. I appreciate what you're doing with this podcast. Uh, I've really been enjoying it. Enjoyed being here. I appreciate it very much. Well, we we appreciate guys like you listening and, and like I said, coming on with us and, and sharing that story. That's that's an awesome story that not one quite like it, I don't believe. So. <laughs> <laughs> guys, thank you all for listening. Um, if you haven't already, go onto our social media pages and follow Fall Obsession, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Be sure you subscribe to our YouTube page and uh, subscribe to this podcast. we got a lot of awesome content coming up for you. And if you guys have a topic that you would like to suggest, that you would like to hear us cover in a future episode, there is a spot on our website, fallobsession.com slash podcast, where you can su- suggest a topic, and we will do our best to, uh, to cover it in a future episode. So be sure that you guys go do that. We thank you all for tuning in. Waylon, thank you again. Thank you very uh, much. Being on board. Appreciate it. And we will uh, talk to you guys next week. We'll catch you later.